The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanGarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanGarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Bean Garter. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? We're getting set for another hour to talk about TCU and Michigan in the college football semifinal. By the way, if Michigan wins that game, Soren Eagle and the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan are giving away a trip for two to L.A. to see the Wolverines. If you're 21 and up, just text CHAMPS to 21,000 to enter. Text CHAMPS to 21,000 and you could be the winner. Go talk to John U. Bacon, New York Times bestselling author. He knows everything about Michigan football. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Big Bill. How yourself? Good. Um, I'm doing fantastic. I, I can't believe the last two years for Michigan. I thought last year was, oh, that's a year you're going to get every 10 years. And they come right back and they take it next level. Just, uh, uh, I'm almost speechless how unbelievable this year has been so far for Harbaugh and Michigan football. Especially when you consider that uh, you changed quarterbacks after about two or three games. So, pretty amazing. And, of course, you lost one of your biggest players from last year. Hell, a few of them. Hutchinson, of course, uh, Ojabo, and all the rest. So, uh, it's been uh, a tour de force. I'm not sure which year, frankly, Bill, is more impressive after coming off a 2-4 and four debacle in 2020 when... Bill, if you left it up to the fans, I don't know if Harbaugh would have had a job and Ward Manuel wisely signed him for another contract, do or die, I grant you. Um, but, uh, boy, 20, what, they're 25-2 and two since then. Not bad. Well, you, know, you, you talk about that contract and Harbaugh humbled by having to take a pay cut, which normally you never see uh, anybody at a school like Michigan or a name like Harbaugh take a pay cut and the do or die. And the fact that uh, a lot of people seem content if Harbaugh was leaving for the Vikings job or the NFL uh, early 2022, and here you are, uh, the number two team in America, Big Ten champions again, uh, put a butt whooping on Ohio State in Columbus, and uh, you get two W's, you're a national champion. No kidding. Um, and, I mean, right now, they really are the number two team in the in the nation. I think Georgia is still a notch better than Michigan is, but not the three notches they were last year. And they're favored against a very good TCU team. So uh, what a difference two years makes. And back to that big bet. Ward Manuel made a big bet against the advice of many people close to him, I think. 
Um, likewise, Harbaugh swapped out six of his ten assistant coaches. That is another big boy bet right there, and the kind of bet that you think might pay off ideally in two, three, four years, but it had to pay off that year or they're all gone, and it did. So those are two pretty huge bets, and you throw the third one in, uh, taking J.D. McCarthy over Cade McNamara, who just won you a Big Ten title, uh, which was clearly the right move, as tough as I'm sure it was. And uh, they did not get there by playing it safe. You have to conclude that. Yeah, some unbelievable moves inside uh, the University of Michigan. Uh, Harbaugh, his staff, players, and, man, they, they pushed all the right buttons. I, I, I'm trying to find a negative uh, the last couple of years connected to Michigan football on or off the field, and I know uh, the Mozzie Smith story is out there, but uh, there haven't been many. Haven't been many, and I think the Mozzie Smith story is, frankly, largely a failure of public relations more than uh, legal actions. As you know, today he pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor gun charge, and the Annabelle Police Department, as reported by Angelique Shingalis, you know her very well, of course, um, just uh, reported that, um, to be clear, what, what was the phrase here? Make, make sure I get this one right. Um, blah, 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 blah. I'm scrolling here. It's, it's all piling up too fast. Don't but anyway, worry about it. Uh, he was, the gun was not loaded at the time. That's the point. Um, now, maybe these are distinctions without a difference, obviously. Um, but uh, anyway, so I'm not saying it's a great situation by any means. If they'd gotten the word out earlier, I think they would have been a lot better off uh, from a PR point of view. But uh, if that's the biggest thing that happens to Michigan this year off the field, then they should walk away clean. And he did uh, officially plead guilty to a misdemeanor, right? That is correct. Yeah, today. so again, uh, he didn't put anybody in harm's way. I'm not condoning it, and I do agree with you uh, why they sat on it and didn't explain that um, he cooperated, did all this, and it wouldn't be one one-hundredth of the story it became for you know about a week cycle. Yeah, I think that's about right. And look, I mean, it's back to the Don Canham edict, never turn a one-day story into a two-day story. And related to that, Bill, if you have bad news, when this clearly is bad news when your player gets arrested for uh, a gun infraction, um, then it's far better to get the news out yourself than to wait for people to find out through county records and whatnot. Um, so that would have been much wiser that way. But, uh, but at any rate, PR aside, um, on the grand scale, you've got guys like Blake Corm, of course, delivering dinners on Thanksgiving and whatnot. It's been uh, a very positive year for Michigan football, and it seems like a very unified team. And, and they do the team, the team, the team. And uh, yeah, I thought John Beeline sent out a tweet that I screenshotted and shared with my audience on Twitter and Facebook where, you know, in this uh, name, image, and likeness era, this transfer portal party uh, situation we have every year now, uh, they look and feel and play like a team the last two years. Yeah, and I mean, and you saw the difference in 2019 and 2020. Uh, the team 2019, we all thought, and that's when my book Overtime was coming out, uh, that was going to be the year they're ranked in the top five. They're going to make a real run for the whole thing, having almost done it the year before, 10-game winning streak, which, of course, ended in Columbus. Um, with another whooping by the Buckeyes, of course, down there. And 2019, they had all kinds of talent, but the team did not get unified. They were not very close, as I understand it. And 2020, even less so. So changing the coaches certainly helped change the culture, and they seemed to attract perhaps a higher caliber uh, teammate in the process. So they had talent, a lot of it in 2019, but they didn't have a team, and that's the difference. You know, you go back to that overtime book, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going, and John U. Bacon 
New York Times bestselling author based in Ann Arbor. He knows everything inside and out when it comes to University of Michigan Athletics. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. Do you see anything from that book and all the conversations you had during that year with Harbaugh and Michigan football that kind of showed the future where the team is at now? Wow, good question. Um, boy, I, I tell you what, I did not see. I, I thought if Harbaugh went nine and three, ten and two last year, that would vindicate Ward Manuel. That would vindicate Jim Harbaugh as a great season. If if anybody else out there saw twelve and zero coming, thirteen and zero, of course, after um, after I'm sorry, twelve and one. Uh, after losing to Michigan State, of course, um, they were smarter than I was because I didn't see that happening. And this year, going 13 and 0, the way they did, I thought looking at the schedule, and they had a very soft non-conference schedule, as you know. But you know, as tough as anybody's in the conference, you've got to play Penn State and Michigan State and so on. Um, I thought they would be probably 11 and 1 after Ohio State. They winning down there. They've not done it in 20 years, 22 years. Um, that just seemed like too too far a challenge, especially when Ohio State was. Also undefeated, and Bill Ohio State's got fourteen five-star players. Michigan has three. On paper, that should not have been a game the other way. And man, you could not tell that on game day down in Columbus. John U. Bacon, New York Times best-selling author, Michigan insider, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Have you what, what changes from sitting down in multiple books and stories and events and everything you're a part of there in Ann Arbor, connected to Harbaugh? Where has he changed, and how have those changes maybe helped him as a coach in the Michigan program the last two years? I think the biggest change, honestly, was getting closer to his players. Uh, as corny as that might sound, you see it in the press conferences after the games. It used to often just be Jim by himself, um, Jim Harbaugh, that is. And now it's him with Mike Sainer still, of course, and uh, other stars in the defense um, he wants to get those guys in as fast as possible and get himself off the stage as fast as possible. There seems to be a bond with this coaching staff and the players that was not complete before. So I think the biggest change is off the field and not the X's and O's, although that certainly has improved as well. Uh, this football team, uh, I know there was some crazy talk, like, hey, is J.J. with the best to have ever played? You know, I said, no way. And then I thought, well, gosh, if he – leads them to a national championship, and they beat TCU in the semifinal, and they get some revenge against Georgia. And you look at uh, what a a young quarterback did in one year, I I guess he would be in that conversation, which is kind of crazy, considering this is his first year starting. Both of those reactions are mine. On the one hand, on paper, no way. There have been a lot of great quarterbacks at Michigan, and J.J. is hardly complete. This is his first year starting at Michigan, and he's made – uh, some mistakes along the way, including a bad interception against uh, Purdue, naturally. Um, I'm letting a cat out here, Bill. Sorry about that. Otherwise, the cat's going to bother our interview. So cats are very uncooperative, it turns out. But anyway, uh, he's out. Um, but the flip side is, look, they're 13-0. and uh, And he, was, he clearly had to have the game of his life against Ohio State, especially with Blake Corm, your best player, out. And he did. Uh, now, a lot of those passes were kind of backyard passes, long bombs that there's no one around. They're more about scheming than about uh, Tom Brady threading the needle kind of passes. Uh, but he made very good judgments, and unlike most quarterbacks uh, at Michigan, he can run as well as he can pass, and that has proven to be essential for Michigan down the road. And his judgment's been quite good. I think next year he'll be a substantially better quarterback than he was this year, but 
man, if, he, if he's end up being 14-0 to play Georgia, whatever happens, you got to put him on a short list. Harbaugh, uh, win or lose uh, against TCU or if they get to the title game against Georgia or, God forbid, we would have the biggest college football game and one of the biggest sporting events, if not the biggest, uh, the state of Michigan has ever seen with Michigan-Ohio State at SoFi for the national championship. Uh, is Harbaugh at Michigan the rest of his career? Is this his final stop? Well, I mean, we've all learned, Bill, never say never, obviously, but uh, that's my guess. Um, and I can tell you a few things that we do know. Uh, talking to Jim Hackett from Grand Rapids, obviously, or there many, many years, decades. Um, Jim Hackett told me when he was the AD and he hired Harbaugh a month or two into his tenure at Michigan, uh, Hackett's that is, that he said, Jim, what's the future look like? And Harbaugh said, uh, I've got unfinished business in the NFL, and after seven years, I'm going to take a look. That's exactly what he did after seven years. So he was not fooling Hackett. He was up front with the recruits and the coaches, which cost him a, a PR black eye, of course, for a few months there. Uh, but at least he kept his credibility with those recruits uh, and those current players, of course. Um, after he came back, after the flirtation with Vikings, he said, uh, I'll, I'll be here as long as you'll have me. Toward Manuel said it publicly. He's repeated that since then. Um, and, I mean, look, Jim's got his pros and cons like all of us and his strengths and weaknesses. But as Bruce Motti, the former sports information director, asked me when that whole thing ended, he said, have you ever known Jim to lie? And I haven't. Um, so, you know, I like what he has to say. I don't always agree with him, but I've never known him to lie ever. Um, so if that's the case, then my guess is he's there at Michigan as long as they'll have him. And the family is having a great time. Now, being 25-2 and two over the last 24 months never hurts. Um, but uh, the kids are growing up in Ann Arbor. They're going to his school. And right now, of course, the Love Fest has returned for Harbaugh and the town. That does not hurt. So if I had to bet right now, I think Harbaugh is at Michigan for the rest of his career. And, by the way, uh, with a foundation led by J.J. McCarthy and Donovan Edwards, I've been saying this all week that I believe Michigan will be the pre and a wealth of other young talent, that Michigan will be the preseason number one team in college football going into 2023. Well, with some of that line coming back, which is now one and two with Georgia for the Joe Moore Award, is the best line in college football. They won it last year, and four of those five graduated and left. Um, you've got that you know, chunk of that line coming back, and you've shown you can re- replicate it. You've got Donovan Edwards coming back in the backfield, one of the most explosive tailbacks out there, and you got J.J. McCarthy coming back. Boy, that's, uh, that may well be the case. It will depend in part, Bill, I think, on how they play against TCU and, if they get there, Georgia or Ohio State. Um, but uh, they've got to be a top five, and if they play well in these next two games, even if they don't win it, um, they will. Um, I think you're right. They'll be number one. John U. Bacon, New York Times uh, best-selling uh, author. Before I let you go, there was something uh, you said that caught my attention: uh, strengths and weaknesses of Harbaugh. What, what, what would you right now define those as on the strength side and the weaknesses side? Strengths uh, and enthusiasm unknown to mankind. That was his dad's mantra, and he's got it in spades. He's got insane levels of energy, and this is a guy who had a 14-year NFL career. He's got nothing to prove, and he's got, you know, he had the money and all the rest. So to put in these kinds of hours, and I'm looking at Deion Sanders doing that right now also, it's very rare for a great player to come back to be a great coach because it takes too much. 
So I'd say energy levels. I'd say honesty. He's been, again, whether you like him or not, um, he's been direct and straight about every issue that I've dealt with him on. Um, and I'd say also he's become what used to be a weakness and now is a great strength, uh, delegating better to his staff uh, and getting closer to his players. Weaknesses, uh, he's not done much to endear himself to other coaches. We know that. Uh, not just at Michigan State, but also at Ohio State and really throughout the Big Ten. It's a minor miracle that the Big Ten voted him the coach of the year this year because usually it goes to a team that performs better than expected, of course, a team that was 3-9 three and, three and nine ends up being, you know, 8-4 and four or something, and that didn't happen this year. Um, so he hasn't got too many friends in the Big Ten, and he hasn't got too many friends in the media. He's not necessarily all that media savvy a person. I don't guess a concern of his is why he's not. Uh, but I would say those are two things that often cost him. They don't necessarily have to. But uh, those are not, I don't think, his priorities. Uh, what's the next book adventure for you, John You. Uh, great question. Sorting that out right now, but in the meantime, we're pushing the Great House Ice Explosion for a six-part TV series. Not at all a done deal yet, uh, and will likely be a play with Jeff Daniels at Purple Rose Theater. Uh, Let Them Lead, which came out last year about my experience coaching the Huron High School hockey team. Jim Bernstein, who wrote Mighty Ducks 3 and Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito and Marky Mark. Um, he's almost done with the screenplay on that, so we'll see about that. And then uh, I'm exploring book options as we speak, so I'll keep you, keep you posted on that one, Bill. I think the last two years of Harbaugh might be a good book. I've heard that. <laughs> Uh-oh. I might have, uh, did I win the game show? Did I no, win the game, won the show, game big show prize? No, no, I've, I've, signed, I've done no deals on that and signed no deals yet, uh, and I may not. Um, but uh, I can say I'm kicking myself that – the years I cover the team, of course, they have a 10-game losing, winning streak snap, and then they, uh, they are disappointed in 2019. Boy, the luck you'd have to have to uh, write a book last year or this year would be incredible, and I did not have that luck. So. Yeah, I was, uh, I was saying when you said I may or may not, I'm thinking, I didn't know John Yu was running for politics. I may or may not, Bill. <laughs> I'm not telling you. I may or may not. Yeah, it would have been. You know what? I, I will say probably, well, either year. If you jumped in from the start through the year, either year had so many stories because the unexpected from last year and then J.J. and the things they've been through and what they did in Columbus. You're right. That would have been one hell of a book. Oh, yeah. And well, you also got the drama between Cade McNamara, which is ongoing, as we know. Uh, he's he, he, he's got to just go go to Iowa and play, and that's it. You know what? Uh, no one no one dislikes him. It was purely a football business move going to J.J. That's it. Well, and it's pretty hard to argue against it, isn't it? You're 13-0. So it's a pretty hard claim to make that he picked the wrong guy. Harbaugh did. Well, uh, that, and that probably makes Cade even more P.O.'d because Harbaugh made sure. the right decision. And J.J. went one step further off the incredible year that Cade had last year. So, again, he's still early 20s. Uh, you had you to be a leader. you got to have some moxie, some ego. And J.J. went and took it next level. There you go. Exactly right. And, look, last year they had Haskins. They had that line, of course, and they had the defensive ends. They didn't have that this year. So we knew going into that Ohio State game that J.J. McCarthy had to play the best game of his career, and he did. And uh, God bless Cade McNamara, but I'm not sure if he's capable of that level of game. We'll never know, of course, in fairness. Um, and, hey, he won Michigan's first uh, Big Ten title in 18 years and beat Ohio State for the first time in forever. So he'll be rightly remembered for those things. And I don't think anybody's wishing him ill in Iowa, nor should they. So, John, uh, you, before I let you go, uh, 
how will the end play out for Harbaugh and Michigan football? How will the what play out? The, how will the end here? Will it end, end against TCU? Will it end? I don't think so. I think uh, TCU in LA? is the second. I think TCU is the second most talented team Michigan has faced, but I don't think they're more talented than Ohio State. I don't think TCU's you know great quarterback and receivers are better than Ohio State's. Um, so they've faced a team like this before. Um, I don't think TCU's defense is anywhere near as good as Ohio State's, although they didn't they didn't play very well that game. But I think that's on the defensive coordinator and the crazy schemes and Bill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but playing cover zero repeatedly, uh, as one coach once told me, when you're playing cover zero, somebody's band is going to play. Either you get blitz them and get a sack, or they're going to smoke you on wide open receivers, which happens several times in that game, of course. Um, so I put that more in the D.C. than the uh, talent at Ohio State. I think Michigan will beat TCU, um, maybe by a touchdown or two. Um, Georgia, they'll still be underdogs and should be underdogs. Georgia, you know, on paper, certainly is a better team. Uh, but, man, if you got that kind of confidence going and you're 14-0 at that point, one game, anything can happen, Lord knows. So at that point, who knows? Um, so I, would, I don't know if I'd bet on Michigan versus Georgia at this stage, but I would bet on them versus TCU. Uh, and, look, you get to the college football finals, um, something that no Big Ten team has done for a while. Um, how can you not call that a great season for Michigan and for Harbaugh? It's always a great conversation with John U. Bacon, New York Times best-selling author. Also, he knows everything that's going on in Ann Arbor. Joining us on the Meyer Guest Line, John U., a wonderful conversation. My best to you and your family during the holidays, and enjoy that Final Four matchup with Michigan and TCU. All right. Thanks, Bill. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Get more for your money when you shop your holiday meal and more at Meyer. Find delicious Meyer Spiral Sliced Ham for just 89 cents per pound, limit two. And get 50% off the entire stock of holiday apparel for the family. And 50 to 60% off select outerwear for the family. Plus, get an additional 15% off your total toy department purchase with Perks. Get more for your money and get the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for the huge show that airs every weekday afternoon at 3, right here on the Michigan Sports Network. How would you like to win a trip of a lifetime from Soren Eagle and the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan? Well, you could be in L.A. to watch Michigan in the national championship game if they beat TCU. You need to enter now. If you're 21 and up, text the word CHAMPS, C-H-A-M-P-S, to 21000 for your chance to win. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's continue our conversation on TCU and Michigan coming up on New Year's Eve, a little after 4 p.m., the kickoff out in Arizona as the Wolverines are two wins away from being college football's national champions this year. Anthony Broom, he's another Michigan insider at thewolverine.com. He's standing by on the Meyer guest line. And as we get closer uh, to this game kicking off, Anthony, why do you like Michigan to win in advance and what could end their season? Yeah, I still like them because I think First and foremost, I think they're going to get a little bit healthier. I think it, it's at this point, it's pretty well plowed that uh, we know that Blake Horn's not going to be on the field for that game. But other than him, guys like Mike Morris 
seem like they'll be closer to 100%. Donovan Edwards, you know, he's had the hand injury. I'd expect him to be a little healthier. So, you know, the, the full, the full assortment of guys are back and, and I've, you know, they, they start practice here on Tuesday to start uh, their TCU prep. They had a week off. Everyone kind of got healthy, got right. But certain guys were on the award circuit and all those types of things, but now it's all eyes on, all eyes on the prize. And this isn't like last year where the whole month between the Big Ten championship game and the college football playoff, it was a group that uh, kind of lost some of the wind from its sails because it was such an exasperating final stretch run of the season. These guys expect to be here, and, and they took, you know, this is based, last week is basically their their bye week, uh, second bye week, if you will, and it's it's part of the journey now. This is where they expect to be. I think they match up really well with TCU. I think that um, they'll be able to move the football. I think defensively they'll be able to lock in enough, and that should be enough for them in this game. I think they're the better football team. What could end their season? Obviously, to me, it would be uh, those guys coming back from injuries that aren't as effective, uh, TCU kind of continuing its – uh, we'll say it's a Cinderella run, but you know they, they're they're coming off of a loss in their conference title game, so the wind's a little bit out of their sails. But Max Duggan's an incredible player, and you know containing him and what he can do with his legs will will go a long way in Michigan's chances in this game. But I still, you know, as we kind of start to really dive into the TCU prep, uh, both from what the team is doing and then from our coverage standpoint of it, uh, I think this this Michigan team is is too talented, and, and the mentality is too locked in to kind of overlook this one. I want to compare this team to the Michigan football team a year ago that was preparing for Georgia in the college football playoff and had beaten Ohio State, even though it was at the big house and crushed Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, Michigan's first appearance. Now they've won back-to-back. Where is this Michigan football team better or worse than the squad from a year ago? I think they're deeper. I think they're a little more athletic uh, in some areas, namely you know, at edge rusher, um, you know, deeper there. I wouldn't say more athletic there. Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo were amazing athletes, but uh, I think more athletic, especially on the back end of the defense with your corners and your safeties. Um, the offense is more of a, you know, we saw in that Georgia game last year where they got knocked off rhythm early and it's not a Cade McNamara thing. It's just how the team was built. Um, they weren't built to kind of repurpose and, and refocus and go a different way. So, what we saw, I think something that we didn't know, we wouldn't know if Michigan was capable of this until they played a game like they did at Ohio State. But, you know, we finally saw when a team was able to take away the run early on, uh, you had to kind of find another way to stay in that football game. And your quarterback is more of a playmaker than the one that you had last year. So those are all areas. I mean, they're, they're the same in a lot of ways, but they're also just deeper and a little more talented, especially a quarterback, which you get into this final four and you better have a quarterback that can win you a football game uh, if they need to. I think of Justin Fields against Clemson a couple of years ago, how he stepped up um, and kind of had a star performance there. So I think Michigan's just more equipped to do that. Um, at quarterback, they've got guys, that, they've got depth on defense, they've got amazing uh, assistant coaches that are making, that are making adjustments the likes of which I've never seen just in terms of completely flipping a script, you know, just by going into the locker room at halftime. So all of those things to me is why this is just a, a, uh, you know, it's not often the sequel is better than the original, but this one is in, in every single way. 
Anthony Broom, he's another Michigan insider from the Wolverine.com, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line here on the huge show across Michigan, talking Michigan as they prepare for TCU on New Year's Eve as nine-and-a-half-point favorites on the DraftKings Sportsbook app uh, big board. Uh, it will be interesting, that matchup with TCU, and I, I think their goal, at least what I'm hearing from McCarthy uh, after that Big Ten championship win over Purdue, these guys want that national championship. They would love nothing more. Well, they're really in a, a no-lose situation in terms of an opponent they want. If they get by TCU, uh, you have not revenge, but you beat Georgia. You kind of say, okay, last year uh, Georgia had the better team. We're better this year. And by chance, if you get the unbelievable national title matchup between Ohio State and Michigan, and you could beat the Buckeyes for the second time in, what, a six, seven-week period, uh, and you would always own that national championship and Big Ten trophies, plural, together in the same year with back-to-back wins within two months. Man, that's something I don't know if the Ohio State fan could ever get over. Yeah, all the hypotheticals when talking about potentially playing Ohio State are, again, and this is how it was heading into the, the, the game this year, was, well, what happens if Jim Harbaugh and Michigan loses? What's the narrative? Why are always the hypotheticals going the other way? It's never, what will it mean for Ryan Day and Ohio State if if Michigan and Ohio State play again and Michigan wins again? So, I mean, our... Uh, you know, my co-host on our, our post-game show, uh, former Michigan defensive lineman Ryan Van Bergen, said after you know after the Big Ten championship game, we were talking about matchups and what they might be staring at. He's like, "Heck yeah, I want to play Ohio State again." Like Michigan knows what they are, and there are people in that building that will even tell you they're, you know, they were kind of hoping to maybe even see them in the Fiesta Bowl, um, but they would welcome them with open arms. There's no fears about uh, devaluing the season game or devaluing. Uh, last season's game. Listen, those games happened, and Michigan w- beat them twice and won two Big Ten championships. Like those don't get devalued to me. Uh, national championship game uh, is is a whole different monster, and I think that it's another thing where you know until Ohio State backed into the playoff, you know they're talk, you know their media is speculating about guys that will sit out the Rose Bowl, and um, you know if, if they've seen C.J. Stroud play for the last time, and and all of a sudden you get. They'll call it new life, but they were given a gift by sliding back in. They can thank USC's tackling for that. Um, I just have a hard time believing that you know that program has so many more issues right now than just the two losses on paper to Michigan. I think they're kind of in a bit of an identity crisis. And seeing them again so quickly, um, again, I mean, we, we saw the effort it took for Michigan to flip the fortune in that rivalry. It took a whole offseason. It took a lot of changes. I just don't. If it winds up being Ohio State, great. I think Michigan would embrace that because they'd be even healthier and feel pretty good about that. And if it's Georgia, I mean, uh, you wouldn't be favored. I think we can argue that Georgia is maybe still the better team. But, you know, in terms of last year's game, if you play that game 100 times, Michigan probably finds a way to win, what, maybe four or five of them at most. That was just a historically good Georgia defense. This year, I'd be willing to – I would still pick Georgia to win, but – it's probably closer to 70, 30, 60, 40. Uh, I think Michigan has more than a puncher's chance if it plays Georgia. So if you play Georgia at worst, then they're, you know, you get to see, um, and they lose, you just get to see how much, how much more improved you are than last year in that matchup, how you stack up them against them a year later. But 
Honestly, I mean, if Michigan finds a way to get there, you might as well just close this whole damn thing out, right? Like, just finish the season. They're good enough to beat Georgia on their best day, really on both of those teams' best day. I think that Michigan is capable of beating Georgia. So, really, the pros and cons of, of either matchup are uh, the Ohio State one would, you know, hurt a little bit more if you lost. But, uh, like I said, it's a no-lose situation uh, in terms of narratives and, and what's on the line. Could you imagine if Day lost to Michigan twice, one for the Big Ten title, uh, one for the national title, six-week period? I'm being honest. I, I don't know if you're coaching the Buckeyes in the fall of 2023 if that would happen. I'm being serious. Well, you're probably coaching the Carolina Panthers or something, honestly. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. that's. I think that would kind of be like, hey, if you get an NFL job, you probably should take it, Ryan. But um, – yeah, we'll see. I mean, they, that that loss hurts a little bit more. We've seen it. We saw it with Harbaugh for five years in a row. Ohio State is just now seeing it um, over the last two years. And, uh, yeah, it's, you either double down and, and commit to fixing it or you go a different direction. And it's, it's, it's wild to me that they could be, you know, that Ryan Day only has two losses against Big Ten teams, and they're both from Michigan. Like, it's still, it's still an elite head coach, but as we saw on the flip side of it, um, you are defined by what you do in that matchup. So uh, it, it will be fascinating if it comes to that, which is why it, it's crazy to me that the the, the Buckeye storyline, the national storyline is, oop, here comes a big bad Ohio State looming against Michigan when really it should be the other way around. Yeah, and the money has gone on Ohio State. Uh, the line was extremely low when Ohio State was announced as the fourth team in the college football playoff. DraftKings Sportsbook app Big Board has the hypothetical Ohio State-Michigan matchup with the Buckeyes as a three-point favorite. I don't get it, but you know what? you got to play the games. Anthony Broom, uh, he is all over Michigan TCU, the college football playoff, and more. You can follow everything Michigan football 24-7 at thewolverine.com. Anthony, appreciate the time. Happy holidays, my friend. Same to you guys. Thank you so much for your support. All right, there you go. Anthony Broom checking in on the Meyer Guest Sign. And remember, you can gear up. For Michigan and the college football playoff semifinal quality license, official Team Gear, a huge selection. Always had that great Meyer price inside the Team Gear department at your local Meyer. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first touchdown score or prop bet on any Monday or Thursday pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log on to your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any Monday or Thursday pro football game. And if your bet misses, you'll still get up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. This is a new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Huge here for the Huge Show that airs every weekday afternoon at 3 right here on the Michigan Sports Network. 
How'd you like to win a trip of a lifetime from Soren Eagle and the Alumni Association of the University of Michigan? Well, you could be in L.A. to watch Michigan in the national championship game if they beat TCU. You need to enter now. If you're 21 and up, text the word CHAMPS, C-H-A-M-P-S, to 21000 for your chance to win. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle and filling your sleigh with $100,000. Come out for Reindeer Games every Friday in December from 6 to 10 p.m. Each hour, two players have the chance to pick a lucky reindeer and win up to $100,000 cash. Don't miss your chance at huge holiday winnings. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in with senior Michigan insider John Borden from the Wolverine.com. He's standing by on the mire. Yes, I know the Wolverines prepare for TCU. And, John, I know we talked before the Ohio State game. But, man, these last two years, back-to-back seasons like this, when was the last time, John, because you know everything, Michigan football, when was the last time Michigan football had back-to-back years like this? Well, it's it's hard to compare because uh, they still have a chance for, for a national championship, and it hasn't finished out yet, but you know they've never won 13 games in a season. So, I mean, it, it kind of takes me all the way back to when I first started with Wolverine in the early 90s, 91, 92 you know, and they were just finishing up five Big Ten championships in a row. And, uh, you know, it was a little different because you had ties back then. And you, you had the, the three ties in uh, in 92, but they didn't lose a game. So um, that was that was really a time where Michigan was completely competitive, if not uh, dominant over Ohio State. And they were in the running for the championship every year. So, I mean, it, it kind of takes me back to the beginning, and uh, it, it's it's been amazing for Michigan fans because it's, you've had such a dry spell over the last decade and a half. So when you look at these final two games and the chance for Michigan football to go 15-0 and and finish as national champions, and that path would include a win over TCU on New Year's Eve out in the desert in Arizona, and a win over either Georgia or Ohio State. Uh, to me, when you look at this team, why do you like them to be national champions, and what holds them back? Well, what I really like about them is the fact that they're such a, a team that can adjust to what the opponent is doing, and then they have been such a second-half team all year long. I mean, you got to that the halftime of the Big Ten Championship game, and some folks were starting to fret. No, it's 14-13. And, uh, it's like, no, we've seen this before. Uh, we they, they, This is what they do. And then they crank it up, and they wear down an opponent and just really uh, are more physical, run the ball, and uh, and jam it down your throat. And that's... You know, that's the pattern that's 
held for this long, I think it can hold at least one more game against TCU. I think they're going to move the ball really well against TCU. Now, the the, the thing that you worry about is um, how much of the overwhelming talent of Georgia remains. You saw last year. I mean, the flood of first-round draft picks. And, you know, there's still talent there. I think that they're more susceptible to – to, to uh, just teams hanging with them this year. You saw Missouri do it. You saw other teams uh, stay with them for a while. I think that Michigan can play with them. They'd have to play their best football game to do it if it's Georgia. If it's Ohio State, obviously there's, uh, you know, trying to get it done a second time and different people are healed up on both sides. So I think that the championship game would be a big challenge. But I think they're going to win this next game. I really do. John Borden, senior columnist for the Wolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show. Uh, John, when you look at this team, when you look at what Harbaugh has built and the changes that he made, some necessary, some just uh, coaching uh, movement, uh, what assistant coach, do you, from what you've watched uh, all 13 games. What, assi- what new assistant or in a new position has made the biggest difference for Harbaugh's staff this year? Who would that be? One name. I think uh, you're, you're going with your defensive coordinator uh, just because, you know, you went from you're, – you're tapping into the, into the Baltimore Ravens system and, uh, you know, you, you, you had a loner guy last year and he, uh, you know, he, he comes over for a year and does wonderful things, amazing things. Uh, and then, but then all of a sudden he goes back to the Ravens and, uh, you're, you're, you're bringing in a new guy who is known to the system and all, but he's a different guy and you don't know what you're going to have. And in the meantime, you're losing Aiden Hutchison. And you're you're losing David Ajabo, and okay, what's what's the new boss going to do? But uh, this this defense has been amazing. They've been coming at you in more in waves. They've been coming at you uh, stronger than expected up the middle and in the defensive backfield. So um, the 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 smoothness. And the seamlessness of the of the changeover from defensive coordinators uh, has just been, you know, almost miraculous and a, and a great uh, switch to flip. John Borden, before I let you go, as a senior columnist for the Wolverine.com, what's your prediction on that semifinal New Year's Eve, Michigan and TCU? Well, I give great credit to TCU, the way they hung in there in that last game. And you can get them down, but they're not going to stay – you know they're 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 not going to lay down. So I would say uh, you're going to have something on the order of a uh, maybe a thirty four to uh, twenty seven type of game that that Michigan will prevail. All right, John. Uh, happy holidays, safe travels, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Bill. All right, John Borden checking in on the Meyer guest side. And Meyer proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. I do have a message from my friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, Holiday hoops are here. Uh, We all love gifts. We all love giving. We all love receiving. 
Well, guess what? Here's a huge offer from the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when they sign up can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. So you can take Pistons players. I know Cade's out for the year now with that shin surgery. Uh, but you can take the Pistons and combine uh, different legs. And the more legs you add, the more things you want to do on your own in this Same Game Parlay, the more money you could win. So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on the Holiday Hoops action. And make sure you sign up with code HUGE. Then place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. This is only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you use code HUGE when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. To the callers online, Michigan will hear you next. Big. Bad. Huge.